seat or sit on the floor There's nothing to fear Time to be bold Just the night and the stories that are told Before we get started today, I did want to offer a bit of a trigger warning. This is a little bit of a heavier episode. We're going to be talking about actual crime and some upsetting situations. So listen at your own discretion. Thank you again so much for listening. Hello. Hi. We are here. We're here. Welcome to my creepy hometown. I'm Christina. I'm Robert. So, are we ready? We're are we ready for today? We're gonna be a little more serious. We're definitely well. I'm definitely ready. I think we're both on the same page. Okay. I think we're I think we're good. Yeah. So, I I think today's theme is a little less on the creepy, spooky side and a little more on the terrifying real life side. Right. Uh, we're we're talking about actual crimes specifically murders that happened in Downey, California. We're still on our hometown, part three. Yes, yes. I think, um, yeah, like you said, I think we're we're swaying, straying away a little bit from uh, the creepiness and actually talking about events that took place. So a little more serious conversation, but... Which were scary. Downey. Of course. Which were scary for us. So, for I mean, sure. they, they were very scary, very close to home. Uh, and and I know I think about, I think about, there's a couple things that I think about all the time. And I, I wonder, so starting off, if I may bring it up, the we grew up right in the middle of the Night Stalker. Yes. And his reign of terror that he unleashed on the state. So... Mm-hmm. Not so much specific to Downey, California, but very specific to L.A. County and in California as a whole. But I, it, it was a very scary time where we lived. I was terrified. I mean, I, I watched the, the documentary that, was, that came out uh, several months ago, the docuseries. I can't remember the name of it now. I will post it uh, in the in the episode notes. But it was a it was the series of the officers that were involved that they kind of it followed the officers that were involved in capturing him and or in investigating the case. I mean, the public captured him. But right, I did you watch that? I did. I did. I I can't remember the name of it either, but I did watch it because. You know, everybody talks about it, and and a lot of people who were not alive during that time are the ones now who are, to me at least, are the ones who are more into true crime. Like the millennials, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are into it the most, and 
everybody was talking about it. So I definitely had to check it out. Cause again, like you said, we lived it, we were there during that time. So, yeah. And it, it really, so when I watched that, I realized that I had my own issues. I, I watched it and I got a little bit of PTSD from it. And I, and I hadn't realized how much it bothered me and upset me at the time you know, being alive during that and being afraid of, of that, of, mm-hmm. of him. And I mean, you know, my dad worked nights. So I, my mom and I were a lot of the times like six, five or six nights a week, we were home alone at night. Right. And it was, it was, I was constantly terrified. I, I can't tell you how long I was terrified. It was, it felt like years, but I know it was probably just a few months. Um, and it was it was awful. It was horrifying. You know, I was young. I was eight, nine years old. And um, it, it was just, it was, it was horrible. And we used to sometimes just panic. I mean, I think my mom and I would sit there sometimes and panic each other. And, and I remember a couple of times where we, we left the house because we were so nervous and wow. went to sleep at my grandma's where right. my, my grandma and my aunt and my cousins lived. And um, it, it was just terrifying. It, it, I thought of it every night. I thought about it all the time. Uh, you know, is he going to get into our house? Is this going to be it? Didn't want to leave the windows open. Even though, even my second story, like it was horrifying. And I remember your dad, one time I wanted your sister to come spend the night. And this was when it got really bad. This was towards the end. This, I think, was the last few weeks to- before that he was caught and I remember wanting your sister to spend the night and your dad was like no no and he, she was never not allowed to spend the night right ever like she spent the night cons- all the time yeah and, he and was again like, again for the people who might not have tuned in to the other episodes that we did we lived right next door to each other right we could mm-hmm we could open our, our windows and talk to each other. That's how close we were. Like so... I could stick my head out my window and scream to your parents and they would hear me. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Their exactly. window like, was we literally right outside my bedroom window. Yeah. I... Yeah. So just to let everybody know, that's how close we were. So it's not like we're saying they wouldn't let them spend the night and they were like blocks away or, you know, no. five minutes away. We were literally right next door. It was literally right there. And he said, no, not until the night stalkers caught, you're not spending the night anywhere mm-hmm. and i remember being so mad at your dad because i was a young kid and i was just like oh i wanted my friend to spend the night uh but i now i totally understand he probably had protection in your house i don't know that i'm speculating uh that's uh, that's may not be fair of me to say but my only thing is i don't know if that's where he was coming from if he felt and and maybe because my dad wasn't home right and right. and you know, and and so he just thought, I, I know, you know, I think back then in the 80s, in a man's mind, like I can protect my family, but yeah. she goes over there and, you know, that could have very well been it. But it was awful. And it was it was very scary. And I realized watching that I, I, that I, I had a lot of unresolved issues. I hadn't, you know, you because you think the whole world went through this. I'm not special. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> special at all. But you realize it was still traumatic for everybody. And I'm sure everybody has some sort of residual, I don't know, maybe not. But it's how my brain was wired. I got very upset watching it. It was a really good documentary. Yeah, But I got very upset. 
Yeah, because it just brings back all those things that you thought you kind of suppressed and you just kind of pushed to the back of your mind. And you're like, wow, this is a trigger for that now. And this this is happening mm-hmm. because of this. And it all leads back to, to something. There was a trauma that took place. And yeah, I can definitely see people who, like you, who would watch it and just say like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, all these things that happened in my head because of the actuality of that whole crazy situation and just the horrifying events do you have any like memories from that time specific to that i yeah i do and it's funny that you mentioned my dad and then my memory is about your dad i remember um specifically i think i i think we were over there at one point me and me and my sister probably were over at your house either that or it was just me at one point but i remember him nailing the window shut upstairs yeah and that was just like okay it's it's getting real now you know it's not just 10 11 12 year olds getting scared it's an adult nailing windows mm-hmm. shut so that to me it always it, it always sticks with me every time i think of that that time period and and what happened in that in that whole amount of time where he was out there you know committing all these acts um, that's the one thing I always think of was just like <clears throat> him hammering those nails into that into that window and just this is again it's real it, it just got really real you're right and I, I forgot that that's when he had done that because I knew he had so they were wooden windows mm-hmm. the old ones and you would ha- you would drill a hole um, through both of the panes where they came together to like lock and then you would stick a large nail in there on both sides so that nobody could open them. And he did that uh, all over the whole house. And he even did it up. You're, you're right. That's funny. Oh, yeah. I that's, forgot. that's what I remember. Yeah. Because again, it's the same thing. And you mentioned it earlier. Like even upstairs, like the windows were closed, they were locked because you don't know. You have no clue what this person's going to do if they're capable of you know, killing someone or capable of pretty much anything. So can he get up on the roof on the second story? Who knows? But nobody mm-hmm. was taking that chance. Nobody was going to say, we're fine. We're okay. It, it got to that point. And then I do want to bring up something else too as well. In regards to that, and I remember, and when I watched the series, they kind of cleared up the whole thing that we were hearing because again this is in the 80s this is no internet no social media it's word of mouth news and newspapers Mm -hmm. that's it it's all we had so i remember specifically people talking about okay he's he's going by houses that are by a riverbed okay he's only you know brunettes only brunettes only people in this colored house it seems like everybody's trying to figure out a pattern to it But there was still, there was never any truth to it. Again, it always goes back to, you know, hearsay and just like, this is what I heard from my friend. And this is what my friend's dad told us. And this is, you know, it turned into that whole thing. So Mm -hmm. it was always to the point of, you know, there's got to be a pattern to it that they were thinking of. But when I watched the documentary back, they were just saying, no, that was not the case. There was no pattern. The police weren't even looking into those very specifics but they were trying to find a pattern but it wasn't this type of house this city or you know by this type of area or this female because you know he did it with just anybody you know it was it was a random act basically but yeah and, and so it's i so would f- always think of that 
it's so funny that you brought that up because that's one one of the times that I'm that I was talking about when we went to my grandma's house with my aunt and my cousins and we all we were there and they started talking about it and they go well they said it's he's going after yellow houses by riverbeds and we're that my grandma lived on the riverbed on Guatemala and then we go well at least this isn't a yellow house and I remember one of my cousins pointing to the wall of the room bathroom we were standing in going this wall is yellow and we were we were just so then me and I remember thinking maybe we shouldn't have come here we should have stayed at home we you know I was then I was scared the whole night right over again there. yeah and uh yeah that's so funny you brought that up I remember that specifically yeah and it was I had a friend who lived down <clears throat> on um like Pellet Street or one of, one of those random streets that are just like it was Pellet I, I know who you're talking about right right so it was like down like way at the end like nobody goes down those streets and he had a huge house and like a big uh huge yard in the back mm-hmm. and everything and when I would ask to stay the night at his house they would just be you know my parents would be like no that's kind of like the train tracks are right there and this and that and all these things and it was just turned into I don't think it's good because you're way down at the end of this thing and it's a huge property and who knows what's gonna happen here and there so it was like that for I think all of my friends, everybody that I knew, it was the same thing. Like, no, I can't go out or, you know, I have to be home as soon as my parents are home. It, it turned into this huge thing where everybody knew, don't go outside, basically, especially at night. I mean, that's that's basically what it was at night. Don't go out at night, out at night. Don't spend the night at anybody's house, anything. It was just, it turned into a whole huge phenomenon because of it. And, yeah. you know, with every every right that everybody had to do that, of course, to be scared just, you know, out of their minds, because, again, there's a killer on the loose that went from up north, Orange County, down to East L.A., and, like, he was everywhere, so we had no clue where and when the next one was going to be, so yeah, we had no, didn't. yeah, we had no choice but to be vigilant about it, parents at least, I mean, us, we were kids, we were just doing what we're told, but that's how it was the, the whole time. Everybody had to be on, on edge and, you know, look over your shoulder at every point. It really was terrifying. And you, you, you know, you don't hear that. I mean, I think it almost, you know, when you think of the serial killers, I don't think that level of fear was instilled in a community. Maybe the son of Sam. I know people right. were very scared about that. I mean, I know Absolutely. women used to wear wigs to try mm. not to look like his victims. So I know that was something really scary, right. but this was just awful. You know, kids knew about it. Everybody in our age group, it, all ages knew about it. And you were just afraid. Yeah. You just thought, I'm not even safe in my own house. Right. Um, and I know that, that the original Night Stalker or, or Golden State Killer, he, he did he was worse i don't want to say worse he was he was just i mean he was also a very scary human being but we didn't know about him mm-hmm. we didn't know right so we knew about richard ramirez and it was terrifying and i remember the day he was caught it was just you felt so much better Oh, yeah. It was on every local news channel. They were showing the, you know, the clips of the people talking about it and telling them what happened. And just oh, like... and I, 
I remember immediately calling your sister and or your mom or your mom was at, at the house or something. And I remember immediately saying, so can she spend the night now? <laughs> like, I remember that like was she the, was caught. He was caught. It was the first thing I thought because she, I couldn't have like, you know, you, you, you couldn't have your normal. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing normal at that point. We had to rearrange everything <laughs> that we, that we did, that we thought that, you know, we just had to kind of, go with the flow of it and at the same time you're being switched from your normal until into abnormal and then also knowing that there's somebody out there who can kill you as well as far yeah. as like you know it, it it just turned into this real you know i i can't put any other words on it other than it was a crazy time again because we had no clue what was going on so so yeah, the, the normalcy wasn't there. Yeah, the normalcy wasn't there anymore. And it was for a very specific reason. And that reason was because who knows what would take place if this person were to see us face to face or we'd see them face to face. And it was just, yeah, it was terrifying for, for I think anybody who was in California in general, because, you know, you, you just have no idea where he's going to go. Right. And, and yeah, so you guys were my first thought. I remember of just being like, well, now we can have our normal, you know, yeah, yeah, life back. back to and, it. Which I did the same thing when the 88 Whittier Narrows earthquake happened. Oh, yeah. That was also terrifying. <laughs> so, that was terrifying, too. I went to school. You know, I had gone. No, I didn't go to school. I, I was on the way to school and I had the carpool mom bring me back home because it happened while we were in the car. Mm-hmm. And I... My mom dropped me off at my grandma's house, which was near, you know, it it doesn't matter. I had had to drive by our school and it was crowded and everything. And the phone lines were down. Mm -hmm. And so my cousin came over with his girlfriend and everyone's trying to use the phone. His girlfriend was in, they were in high school. They went to Warren at the time. And I went to Griffiths and I remember his poor girlfriend trying to like call her her parents but the line wouldn't work and the minute I picked up the phone and, and I got a dial tone I called your house <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I like mean, I'm calling what else would you do? Yeah. that's exactly who I called because I wanted to know if you guys were like it, that was the first people that I called and my cousin's poor girlfriend was like my cousin's like oh you got an open line and you called there she needs to call her mom <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was traumatic. I mean, but it Definitely. kind of kind of brings us to something that happened around uh, kind of while he was in the beginning stages of his spree, I guess. Reign of terror, yeah. Right. That's the perfect word for it. <laughs> in our town. So can we talk about golf and stuff? We can absolutely talk about that. I think they're they're not connected, but they're connected just in a way in, of... in a certain way. And that yeah, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll touch on it definitely. Right. But it was connected because it's all around a certain topic, but mm-hmm. they had absolutely nothing to do with each other. No, so. they did not. But so golf and stuff. We had a we had an, an like a small amusement park. They call it an amusement park. It's not it's tiny. It was a mini um, golf course isn't, with yeah. some other stuff. So it was mini golf, arcade, the indie cars, yep, bumper boats, water bumper slide, boats. and yep. it was the it it was the one in the Karate Kid. So if you've seen the original Karate Kid, 
the golf yep. and stuff they go to was our golf and stuff. Yes. That was the exact one. That's what we were famous for. We claim it as our own, even though it was in Norwalk. We claim it as Downey because it's right on the border, right on the bridge. Right. And it's well, ours. It's always been ours. Well, and when you got off the freeway, off the 605, it was on our side of the freeway. It was right yeah. on the border. Like, it was so yeah. on the border that the police departments didn't know who was going to handle the case that we're going to talk about. But Right. Um, it so many memories going there so many yep the water slide now i remember being on the water slide i went on it and i remember going on it with my former uncle had taken me because i had to go with an adult because i was so small but i was on the water slide when it was still up and running Mm, okay i don't know if you ever had gone on it but never i had gone on it and then they, I think they were only running for a year or two. And then I think somebody, somebody either got hurt or they died. I, I've heard both, but then I've heard those kind of dispelled as well. And it was just too many renovations had to be done to it. It was kind of dangerous. And then they eventually just said it's costing too much money to keep up with all the repairs that well, happened. And to keep it insured. Oh, yeah, I think it was the insurance. Well. So the whatever did happen, I think it was a rumor. I, mean, I don't know if someone really died on it. That seems far-fetched. Yeah, doesn't it mean does. it didn't happen. Right. But I remember there being some type of issue with insurance. It's just the cost of keeping it insured and everything with whatever had happened. Yeah. I think there was a claim against it. <clears throat> Probably. Wouldn't be surprised. So that got shut down, but it stood there for, like, what... 15 years after that yeah something something like that like it just looked old and decrepit and dirty and right it was just sitting there just like mocking everybody like (laughs) it used to be good we used to to, i used to be here you could be in here um but but the rest of the park was fun i loved the indie we used to go all the time all Mm -hmm. the time uh so many good memories there my dad used to take us there you know on the bumper boats and the indie cars were my favorite. Yeah, those were always fun. Whenever they were up and running, that's where you had to go. A lot <laughs> of times it was closed down, so I know you didn't I know. always get a chance to get on those cars. But when you did, it was like Christmas. Like you went to Disneyland, you know what I mean? That's how oh. it was for us. It was so fun. Yeah, it was fun. I have a ton of good memories there as well, definitely. And so it was a, a party spot. It was a place yep. where a lot of teenagers would go you know get dropped off and meet up and kids from you know all the surrounding areas used to come yeah they'd have birthday parties there and they do yeah friday and saturday nights they would go and probably meet up i've heard that they used to i mean i've read a lot of people who grew up in that time say that they used to go meet up there and and just kind of figure out, hey, you know, are we going to go do something else? Or what are we going to do? Yeah, it's uh, a, it a meetup spot. It was. And kids did used to go wander off a little bit from there and drink mm-hmm. and smoke and use recreational drugs. Um, It was just, it was like a normal place where high school kids would go and get in. Sometimes get into trouble, sometimes not. Yep. So... April, it's Friday, April 13th. So it's a Friday the 13th, 1984. 
And three kids from Southgate are dropped off there. So it's Eddie Castor, who was 15. Ver- uh, I'm sorry, Rachel Castor, who was 18. And then Veronica Flores, who was 16. So the Castor's father dropped them off. I read it was around 8 o'clock. Now there's an LA Times article that I can no longer find a picture of online. I, I don't know if it got taken down. I've looked for it. And then there is uh, an article in the Downey Beat that sort of recaps a lot of it. Um, so those are online. And then I've read a lot of Reddit posts about it. There's a, there's a page on Facebook. Um, the Eddie Castor, Eddie and Rachel Castor and Veronica Flores memorial page. Um, that has a lot of information as well. So they were dropped off, I believe, around 8 o'clock. And they were going to be picked up, I thought, around 11 so there's also a YouTube page called Rogue Wolf, where there's an intuitive profiler who, who has a video where he actually talks with Veronica's mother uh, about what happened. And there's a little bit more information in there. It's interesting. They're, they're still trying to figure out what happened. But they were dropped off. And at around 11 o'clock p.m., their uh, Eddie and Rachel's father gets there to pick them up and sees police everywhere. And they realize he's told that there's been, you know, after probably a lot of confusion and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's happening, was told that there had been people injured. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was told. Other than that, they had to go to the hospital and, you know, identify there he had to go to the hospital and and look to see if his children were there Uh, veronica's mother had been looking for her she i I don't know if she didn't know where they went that night you know there was we'll kind of talk about their the kids in in their situations in in a few minutes but she didn't really know where they were so she had been looking for veronica they had been calling hospitals it was late at night and she called Downey Community Hospital and they were told, we have somebody here who's injured, but we don't know, we don't have any identification for them. So she, she went down to the hospital and basically they found out that, that the three kids had been murdered and were deceased. Um, so they had been at golf and stuff and they had left the park which went and went right down into the riverbed which was right next to the park yes so a lot of people a lot of people have said online that they used to go down there all the time you know they'd be at golf and stuff they'd go down there people would have drinks or they there would be some drama going on teenage drama and they would go down there to talk or you know whatever it was they would they would go down they would stray often stray away from the park you know to socialize a lot of the time the way that kids do Get away from the crowd, just be by yourself and go down there. Right. Do whatever you're doing at that at that age. Right. And Eddie at one point climbed up the riverbed and his throat had been slashed and he crawled up to my understanding from the LA Times article was the arcade sidewalk and had been asking for like kind of motioning for help and he collapsed there. And he 
he unfortunately passed away there. Um, when police arrived, they went down into the riverbed to find Veronica and Rachel had been stabbed to death. So uh, Eddie's throat had been cut and uh, Rachel had been stabbed multiple times and Veronica had been stabbed in the back. So these kids, they were, they were from Southgate. Um, they had gone to Southgate. Now I think Eddie was still attending Southgate high school. Mm-hmm. And Rachel and Veronica had had I so, somebody had posted that they had become friends from um, Odyssey, which was the continuation school in Southgate, sort of like Columbus and Downey, right. which I went to for a period of time. Yeah, uh, before I finished school, so many similarities between Veronica specifically and myself at the time. Um, you know, her mother said. So Rachel, uh, Veronica was the youngest out of four children. Her mother said she was her wild child, was very loving and friendly. And she said, and and her and a friend of Veronica's both said that she was very outgoing, you know, liked to sing a lot, very upbeat, uh, but that she didn't always do what was right, but she tried. So, you know, it's, she, she did have a bit of trouble with kids in school at at Southgate and so she had gone to Odyssey to kind of try and get away from all that she was also four and a half months pregnant at the time that she died according to her sister and then Rachel I believe was also attending Odyssey or had attended Odyssey and then that's where she had become friends with Veronica or I don't know if they were friends before that but my understanding was they both attended the school she was actually in doing a trade school as well, according to all some of the articles. So she was she was eighteen. She was kind of a little older than the other two. And then Eddie was a Southgate a Southgate High School student, as far as I know. And he he tended to be a little scrappy. It sounds like he could fight. There was a post from their sister that said that he had been in a fight a couple weeks prior and that she was looking for more information about that. So what happened to these three kids? It's never been solved. They were regular teenagers. I mean, they were sounded like they had some great personalities and just, you know, normal kids coming out for the night. Um, Veronica did have trouble with some of the kids from Southgate and that were really aggressive with her and and apparently at her funeral some kids had driven by and rolled down the windows and been laughing and said veronica deserved to die wow so no one's come come forward the downey police department was they seems to have been the primary police department that was in charge of the investigation, I think, because of where it happened in the riverbed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because it's right on the border. Yeah. I yeah. now does the river is the riverbed the border? Uh, you know, it's been a while since I drove on that bridge. I don't remember where the exact sign is that says Downey, but I want to say it is kind of on that bridge. So maybe once you pass Gotham stuff and that riverbed starts, that could be. Downey, I guess it also depends on 
which side of the riverbed that they were on. Were they on the closest, like the east, closest to golf and stuff, or west, kind of on the other side of it? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know that. Yeah. Um, I know they were under the bridge. I believe right. they were under the bridge. That's kind right. of where where they they were found. Yeah. Yep. So what what ha- they've never solved it. So the Downey PD was primarily in charge of the investigation. And the, and they they haven't they, to this day it hasn't been solved. There's no real evidence that's been collected. Apparently mm-hmm. they, there was some DNA that was found is what I've read and they ran it through the database but it's not attached to any registered criminals. Right. I don't that's know what the... type of DNA. We don't we yeah. there is so little detail out there and and that's probably right. on purpose. Maybe. I I don't know or if it just wasn't collected. So Yeah, I mean it, we're, we're talking almost 40 years ago, right? 38 years ago. And Right. Obviously DNA evidence has changed from that time till now, so it could have just been one of those things where they just let it kind of go cold and just Oh, you know what? We don't have any matches of the DNA. What else can we do? And just kind of, you know, brush it under the rug. I mean, who knows what what took place in that time? So, again, do, forty years and nobody said anything. It's it's crazy. Do you think that if these kids were had been from Downey, that it would have been more aggressively researched? Yeah, I think that probably had some things to do with it. Where you know, since it was so close on that border and it was like, whose jurisdiction is this? Well, you know what? They're not necessarily from Downey, even though we're covering it. It's not our thing. Maybe if somebody else gets involved, you know, then we'll step it up. It could have been one of those things. I mean, it's all speculation, but it kind of sounds like that's that could be what took place and they don't want to claim them because, you know, hey, these are these are just a few kids who were coming from out of town and this is what happened to them. So they could have just let it drop at that point. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give a little dig at Downey because when we've talked before about how I, I love that I grew up there, I mm-hmm. loved I loved the town. You know I have a fondness for it now, but back then, and I heard it from parents all over the place, they didn't like the kids from other towns coming in. Right. It was a bit of prejudice, mm-hmm. and. I am not proud of that, and it's it, so I I I wonder if that's part of. The, I'm not trying to accuse the police department of anything. I don't know this for sure. I just feel very strongly that had it been three kids from Downey that went to Warren or Downey High, it would have been more aggressive. The yeah. investigation. I really I I, I just completely believe that. Yeah. I I I know there was speculation that the kids were on drugs or you know down there partying it shouldn't matter that doesn't matter they're just they're normal kids every kid did that yeah it doesn't yeah, matter it, it doesn't make a difference yeah you can't just say well they deserve to be murdered because they were down there smoking a little bit of weed like it doesn't it right. has nothing to do with anything it, it's nothing you know, even if nothing. it was a even if it was a drug deal gone bad like right. it's still like murder is not okay in any sort of form when it comes down to kids or anybody but anybody but these are just three kids kids. yeah these are three teenagers who are just haven't even started their lives yet and they were killed so it it shouldn't make a difference why they were down there or anything you know they're kids they're mischievous mischievous they're going to get into you know 
things or trouble or anything and that shouldn't have any sort of bearing on on the case at all but you know they always try to bring things like that up and just kind of make it be well yeah you know you guys aren't gonna miss them too much because these were the hoodlum you know we we've seen it all before but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you that if they were our our quote unquote our downy kids, there would have been something done a lot more than what was. So, and the really sad thing is that uh, Veronica's sister says she said she wished that they would have been more aggressive and, yeah. and followed up more with the police mm. in those first few weeks. But back then, I think that you felt well, they're doing their job. You know, you yeah, didn't realize yeah. that you had to be so loud and in their face right. for them to to conduct a thorough investigation and to really do something. Now, I think we have more of a knowledge of that, where if we don't see action happening, we will be we will be diligent. But I think oh, back yeah. then it was a little it was a lot different where it was. I'm going to let the police do what they need to do and hope. Yeah, let them let them come know. to us and give us the info and. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Like you said I'm sure she thinks about that probably all the time that you know I could have I could have maybe pushed a little more and I could have maybe done this and maybe they would have stepped it up and actually did their jobs a little bit you know more thorough or better. So, yeah, I totally feel her on that as well, but again, like you said, I mean, you're thinking it's the cops that are going to do their job, so I'm just going to let them do it. And so so let's talk about theories a little bit. Okay. So one of the big theories out there is there. Well, there's two that I just think we need to put to bed right away. So there's satanic panic, mm-hmm. and oh, it was a cult. It was Friday the Thirteenth. There were frogs impaled in the right. riverbed. There were pentagrams drawn. It, it, it wasn't satan. It was. It wasn't a cult. <laughs> no, I seriously don't think so. It's and... never. And as far as the the frogs go, that was never really, like, confirmed anyway, right? No, no, that's just what people say. It was an occult thing because there was frogs impaled and there was, it's word of mouth. So a lot of people, that goes around and it was Friday the 13th and and they they talk about it and they're like, well, it could have been a cult. It was satanic. Everybody thought everything was a satanic cult back then. It was yeah. part of the ridiculous <laughs> satanic, satanic panic. Satanic panic, for sure. It's never a cult. It's never a Satanist. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That is that is true. It's never Satanists that are going to go out there and do the stuff. It's not, it's not how it's conducted in that way. And it's not really something that people do to just be, I'm worshiping Satan. I'm going to kill no. Satan. You know what I mean? There's nothing like that out there that no. takes place. We see it in movies. We see it in TV shows. That's, you know, that's not how it was. But in the 80s, there was so much of that. There was so much of it in movies, in music, everything. I mean, that's the reason why that they called Richard Ramirez the Night Stalker, right? Because it was based on the song by ACDC. Because they said that he had an ACDC hat on that he left behind mm-hmm, in one of the mm-hmm. scenes of the crime. And oh, and ACDC was AC/DC. satanic. Exactly. Not so sat- it's, not- <laughs> It was just, yeah, it was so weird. It was like, you know, let's let's look into the list of their music of this, these ACDC guys. And like, oh, there's something on here called Nightcrawler. Let's call this person the Night Stalker. Like, it turned into so this huge stupid. thing. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. And, was so and that's stupid. all tied into every other thing that 
if there was a murder that happened or, you know, a shooting, a stabbing or whatever, the first thing that they would do on the news is, is this part of a satanic panic? Is this part of this? And it was just so overwhelming to the point of even us as kids, I think we knew like, this is ridiculous. Well, there was a time I'm sure we believed it, but yeah. And they didn't call it satanic panic. They were like, these are devil worshiping. This could have been a devil. Was it devil worshipers? No, it wasn't devil worshipers. No. And so that leads into there are some theories that it could have been the Night Stalker because it did happen around the time. In hindsight, those theories yeah. came about. They weren't right. there at the time because he wasn't well known at the time that that happened. Yeah. This was early in, the, in that year that took place. The first murder that they know of that he committed was on April 10th of 1984 up in san francisco Mm -hmm. and it was a child who he had lured into a basement so the odds are yeah that's being debunked too and and whatever dna they evidence they have i imagine would have returned if that was had been him yeah but i i don't believe it was i believe now now I believe it would have to have been more than one person. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. You got three people there. So they probably had to, whoever it was, I don't know if they started fighting. Don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Had to have like kind of subdued one of the people or restrained them. Uh, likely the, the boy, because that's just how they would think. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been some people who had a problem with Veronica. It could have been other people there who were bullies or were who knows what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I do think, I mean, it does make sense to me that it would be more than one person. Yeah, that it makes sense to me as well because you have him who gets his throat slashed, right? Right. And then you have... Was it Veronica who got stabbed multiple times? No, it was Rachel. Rachel got stabbed multiple times and Veronica in the back. So she had to have been trying to run away. And if you're already trying to, you know, hurt or kill these other two people, for another person to try to get away and then you catch up to them and stab them like that, it it just doesn't make any sense. To me, it's kind of, I don't want to say physically impossible. I mean, I'm not an expert in any way, but it would only make sense that you've got three teenagers who are probably pretty quick to begin with and they're young Mm -hmm. and who knows if, you know, it it just doesn't make any sense why it would be one, how it could be one person doing that to three different kids. No. And uh, there, there was somebody who, who commented on a Reddit thread who said that they knew Veronica. They went to school to Odyssey with her and that she always refused to dress for gym, which reminded me of myself. <laughs> so they would walk around the track with her, which is exactly what I used to do at yep. Warren. Cause I refused. Yep. It was first period and I did not dress for PE and they would say, <laughs> well, walk around the track then. And I would walk around. And so yeah. I think it was a guy who said he used to walk with her because he always had his own problems and that she, there was a group called the greasers and that sounds Mm -hmm. so corny, but I could see that being the case. And I think they were the ones from Southgate who used to like just torment Veronica and, and a lot of different people and that they believed that it might've been those people. Yeah. Which could make sense if those were aggressive people. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, are they are they killers? I mean, I I don't know. It just right. kind of we don't know. To me, to me, I'm not so sure about that because mm-hmm. kids are very sloppy. Kids will give themselves up at almost every turn. Yeah. So for it to be a kid around their age or something to get away with it, and here we are. 38 years later talking about it and we have no clue who it was and kids who like somebody would have said something at one point or especially mean kids who probably would have liked to have bragged about something like that right exactly exactly so it's it's one of those things that it's just a theory who knows it could be again neither of us are experts here but you know we're just speculating on on what it is i i think i've heard a rumor before also that it might have been like a homeless person that was sleeping under there and you know just kind of mentally uh challenged person who was down there just you know things like that but again unfortunately there's been yeah unfortunately there's been absolutely no leads in that case for decades now well and i don't think one homeless person or right you know person who may mentally ill person could have killed the three of them yeah, no, exactly. Could have one so of them would have run, to... you know, run. Yeah, and, of course. And then there was so Veronica's sister did say that she had uh, nightmares a couple of days before she was murdered, and she woke up crying that somebody had been in the alley and that somebody was bleeding. Oh wow! Uh, from a dream, and somebody did make kind of a good point. They said, you know. Could she have seen somebody hurt and been traumatized and been holding it in? Like, did she witness something that somebody wanted to get rid of her? You know? Yeah. Very possible. And then, you know, what's, they said she had a boyfriend. She was pregnant. Mm -hmm. She's going to be moving in with, did, you know, where's, where's he falling to? Right. Was there an issue there where somebody didn't want that happening, or or right? You, this is all just speculation, but it's like fair things to think about. Oh, of course. Um, just really tragic and sad. Yeah. And it it affected our whole view of golf. I remember after that, you stayed away from golf and stuff for a while. Yeah, that was another one of those things where our parents were, you know, no, you, you're not going there. Didn't you hear what happened? And like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no way you're going over there to this place. And, and then you, you know, or staying away. Then you have this perception that people were being murdered there all the time. I remember yeah, growing up and thinking, oh, people get murdered there. Like you, you didn't realize it was one incident. You hear, well, multiple people got killed there, have gotten... And so you, as a kid, think over time, like, people keep getting murdered there. Right. And I remember not wanting to go there. And then I do remember the few times I did go there after that, I was a little older and a parent stayed with us, like, had to be with us. Oh, yeah. You thought it was dangerous to be there, which is just sad. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, that happens anywhere and everywhere, right? So you can't just not go to those very random places that it happened because it happened that one time but mm-hmm. you know it makes sense because you have you have a daughter i've got kids like right. you know i would probably be the exact same way too like this oh, just yeah. happened here you're oh you're going not going there, there. <laughs> there's no Listen, way you're going to this place i barely yeah the way we raise our kid like it's just so different you don't yeah you don't sure. let them you just we don't it's different 
<laughs> it is it is way different. They're but you know, nice. again, at the at the time when we're kids, we're just like it's you know we're scared, obviously, but we're not like you know don't not let us go there. Like we we should still be able to go there. But mm-hmm. I get it. Like you know the parental instincts kick in and just like nope, you're staying away from this for a while. You know that's that's the end of the story. So that's what we had to do. Well, and I remember missing it so much and being like, oh. but if anybody <laughs> does, you know, if anyone does have information, there is an email. It's Rev, R-E-V as in Victor, 1984 at gmail.com that the family members who run the Facebook page have shared. So if anybody does have information or tips or any remembers anything, I know they're looking for um, a few people. If you if you visit the Facebook page the Eddie and Rachel Castor and Veronica Flores memorial page, there is specific information that they're looking for. Really trying to get this solved. So it would be great if that could happen. It's just Absolutely. very tragic and very sad. And, you know, they were just regular kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They were just out trying to be kids and that's it. And it's kind of one of those stains on the, uh, again, on the police department that just kind of let it drop. And and again, here we are talking about it. So Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. But yeah, if anybody has any sort of information or anything on it, like she said, email them and hopefully they can get something, you know, if anything, closure would be the only thing that we can get now. But anything, anything is helpful, I'm sure. I have another little story, but do you have any, any that you remember like this? Like, in down in our town just anything that because this created a legend i mean it created kind of an urban legend that there was constant murders going on at golf and stuff and it was oh and then they attached they were like well it's gangs it's always gang everything was yeah. always gangs and that's like yeah literally ever gang. gangs <laughs> like right. the satanic panic everything was gangs and that's everything like, was gangs listen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because again we, we not we were in that same time there again the mid 80s early 80s was also the height of the gangs out there and there was you know gang movies that were coming out that everybody was saying oh don't let your kids see it because they're going to emulate that they're going to want to be in this but it really was the height of each of those things the height of the satanic panic the height of gang activity and just you know the whole craziness and then months later we found out richard ramirez is now out there and we're just like we're we're living in this crazy yeah time. we thought it so, was we thought it was so crazy and now it's right. like whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah exactly it's different um as far as any other stories or anything i mean though i think those are the major ones because i mean those kind of over you know overpower all the other things that are out there so i can't really remember too many other things that that take place that took place there around that time or or even after that that would be kind of that magnitude so i have a little bit of a i have a story now this one also has a bit to do so can i tell so can i tell a story now you know part of it and i'm not going to go into too much detail on the parts that we know because i i that's there's another element that i'd like to maybe you could talk about on a on the unimagined but sure so we grew up my 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 grandma lived on on guatemala avenue i'm not going to mention names in this in this story okay we know people who lived two doors down from my grandma 
mm-hmm. that we grew up with. Uh, one of them is no longer with us, and that person did tell me some of the things that used to happen. Oh, okay. So, back in the 80s, I, you know, we were there, a family moves in, have a couple of kids, one of them's my age. I was probably four or five at the time. So, we get to know them, and members of our family, you and our respective families get to know them very well. Mm. Uh, My grandmother knew the mother very well, and, you know, a a family member of yours knew somebody else in the the house very well. We all did, yeah. It was notorious that this house was haunted. It was always, there was always stories about it. And this wasn't just the kids in that house saying this, the parent, the mother Mm. had experienced things and, and experienced just what she thought was paranormal activity. Now I do remember specific stories about the bathroom coming up. And I, I believe this came from the person who I knew. Okay. Who was my age. That it was it was stuff that went on and, and he did confirm it for me later on, but I remember hearing about the bathroom, water, drawers opening and closing, cabinets mm-hmm. opening and closing. And just I, I remember specifically hearing about water being turned on and off and they would hear it and then there would be nobody there. Someone would be home alone and the water would go on or off in, in the bathroom. Huh. So, and and I don't know all the details about the other activity that happened there. I do know that eventually the mom got some people from their church to come and, like, pray in the house to try and get rid of it. Oh, I did not know that. And so believe what you will. I mean, you may believe in this type of thing. You may not. Mm-hmm. I'm always on the, I'm always... I I am always challenging myself with how much of it I believe and how much of it. I do believe, I may not believe in the traditional aspects of it, but I do believe, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, that happens. We know about it our whole lives. We grow up 80s, 90s. We know about it. We hear about it. So I'm sitting, my family gets together. Now, my mom grew up in that neighborhood since the 1950s the family who lived on the other side of the haunted family <laughs> the haunted family stayed friends with with our family throughout their whole like they're still friend, close with our family with my family oh, okay so we still know them very well my mom grew up with their kids we've always i've known them very well my whole life my grandma was friends with the woman of the same age who lived in that house in the 50s so their neighbors four houses down in the 1950s and i'm gonna call this woman dolly (laughs) okay this is what i'm gonna call her so dolly starts one time our family family is together with her family it's about the mid 90s and dolly starts telling a story about the people that used to live in the haunted family's house in the 50s and she said yeah there was such a weird story something that happened to me one day she said i was home alone the kids were at school i were maybe the kids were little i can't remember exactly but she said that she'd had her windows open she was you know the people in 
the haunted family's house. It was a, a, just a couple, uh, an, an adult couple. I think they were in their mid-30s or something. And she's there. And she said all of a sudden she started hearing what sounded like wild animal noises coming from the bathroom window of their wow. house. So the house next door from her, right. the haunted family the house. The haunted family's house, yeah. She starts hearing wild, like what she thought was wild animal noises coming from that window. So hmm. she went over there to knock on the door finally because she said it didn't stop. And then she was hearing a lot of banging around. So it was really disturbing. Right. And she went over there and she, she knocked on the door. And the husband was home and she thought it was weird that he was home because he wasn't usually home during the day. And she said, hey, I'm hearing a lot of noise. Is everything okay? And he said, yeah. He told her that his wife was just having one of her fits and that everything was going to be fine. So he used to tell the neighborhood that his wife would have these fits. Like, Hmm. I guess mental illness type of episodes. And that's what he would call it. So she kind of said, well, are you sure? Is there anything I can do to help? And he said, no, she'll be fine. I'm, you know, it'll be fine. So she left the house. She went to go shopping. When she got back, there were ambulances, police. The woman had was dead. What? So they found out later on that she had died by ingesting some type of poison and the faucets in the bathroom had been pulled out of the like their sockets what and the water had been turned off so the like she was trying to get water it was like she was trying to get water like the faucets had been pulled and I immediately just went, uh, so she, she thought oh, the woman was murdered. She thinks, yeah. because apparently a short time after that, within a month, he had married somebody else. Mm. So always the husband. So just an interesting little story. Now, I don't have proof that this was a murder. I don't have a news article on this. This was just her story of what had happened. She didn't know that the house that we, I had grown up thinking this house was haunted. Right. And even my grandma had heard it from the mom that lived there that we grew up with. I mean, my grandma became good friends with her and she used to tell her that. Wow. So, <clears throat> interesting in the bathroom that a water situation happened around her death and Mm -hmm. then they used to have things go on in the bathroom with water and so I had reached out to the person that I grew up with in my grade and later in life and I talked to and I and I let him know I go you know I gotta tell you something that somebody told me and he just got really he said you know that is really creepy and I believe that 100% and it makes perfect sense huh. based on everything that I had happened and with yeah. the water 
And he said, I just feel so, he goes, I don't want to talk about it too much because he truly in his heart believed that if you talk about it, you're inviting that stuff back in. So whatever it was that happened to him really upset him. Yeah. And he didn't have good feelings about it. Wow. So interesting story. I definitely, I think there's something to that and there there's a lot more that I know used to happen I just don't know all the details it's not my story to tell how right. much they experienced in the house yes, but yes. it's definitely one of those things that just made my blood go run cold when I heard it I was like what what <laughs> yeah yeah I mean when you when you connect the dots and something like that it's just kind of like what other option do you have but to believe that that's right. the case you know so well my yeah, mind immediately wow. my mind immediately went oh oh mm-hmm. oh yeah so exactly. okay that's a little <laughs> unsettling yeah definitely a little bit a little so, bit so yeah a little bit of a, a you know heavier topics tonight but definitely things that affected us and that kind of I think caused a lot of fear while we were. Yeah. And in, in some ways it kind of shaped who we, who we are now probably Mm -hmm. because of the fact that we did grow up where these things were taking place and we had to be vigilant. We had to know our surroundings. And if something like that never would have happened, you know, who knows, we might not even be the same way that we are today in regards Mm -hmm. to how we raise our kids or how we, you know, just navigate the world. How we lock the doors. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How we, you know, what we tell our kids, how, how, like Mm -hmm. I lock my doors. I, I grew up, I, where I live now is completely on the other side of the country. People, my neighbors, some of them tell me I don't lock my doors. Yeah. Why do you lock your doors? I'm like, what? (laughs) Because. You're not from LA. That's why you don't lock your doors. Or California. I mean, California in general. Yeah. You have to keep shit locked up. That's just the way it goes. You can't. Yeah. But, you know, we learned <laughs> you have to lock things. Things get stolen from your yard. Don't leave things. Don't leave a bike yes. out. My bike got stolen from my grandma's yep. driveway. Yep. I heard the person ride away on it. <laughs> I was sitting with That's my grandma. Worst. I was like 13 years old and I had ridden my bike over there. And I, we were sitting there with the kitchen windows open at the table and sitting with my grandma. And I hear like, you know, when you're, you're standing and pedaling, trying to pedal really fast, that yeah. sound. Yeah. And I heard that. And then I went, oh, that's interesting. And I know I heard it. I heard it plain as day. And I just kind of ignored it. And then when I went out to leave, my bike was gone. And I was like, oh, there we go. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's what that was. And I uh, knew it. Yeah, you, you couldn't leave anything anywhere. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I had I, I had the same thing kind of happen to me. I went into Savon, which is now uh, I don't what even is know the name. Of it. What is um, it? Used to be Costco, and then it turned. I don't know what it is. No, uh, I can't remember. I want to say CVS, but I was thrifty. Oh no, what's CVS? Yeah, CVS is uh, Savon, and um, Rite Aid used to be thrifties. But it was save on back in the day, and this was right by our middle school. I remember after school, that little street that just kind of went down the side of it, and save on was on the left-hand side. I went there with a few of my friends, put my bike right in the front, that little front entrance with the sliding glass doors. We looked at some stuff like 10 feet away. Couldn't have been any more than 10 feet away for a couple minutes. 
I was like, I'm going to go outside and check on my bike. As soon as I did, gone. It was completely gone. I, you know, I didn't lock it up. I didn't do anything, which was stupid to begin with. But, you know, I yeah, rode my bike to school didn't... and that's how I did it. But, yeah, I mean, of course, we don't think about things like that all the time back then because you're just like, nobody's going to do anything. They know it's my bike. <laughs> you know, that's what we're thinking. Yeah, they know. The whole time knows it's mine. Yeah, the whole time it's knows not it's theirs. Mine. Yeah, why would they want to take my bike? Take my thing, my stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I was thinking the other day how my mom used to drop us off. Sometimes my friends and I. At Winchell's. Remember Winchell's on Paramount Boulevard in Florence? Yes, yes. Sometimes she would just drop us off there early or another parent would to get donuts before school. And then we would all have to walk to school from there. I mean, we used to walk to school anyway from our houses. But then to go on a busy street like that and then walk to school. Like, we just were, it was a different, oh, can we talk? We can, let's let's do it. About it? Well, I think I know what you're you going to bring it up. I'm going to let you bring you, it up. I'm going to let no, you bring it up. No, I want you to do it because I want, I want to know if you're tough, if you're, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, if, if I think I know what you're talking about, uh, you know, I think it is. It, talking about you and I walking to school for yeah, the first time? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're completely flipping all these topics now. It's no longer. I know, I know, I know. You know, it is what it is. But, it, you know, here we are. It's our, still our creepy hometown either way. Right. So again i'm two years older well sorry a year older than christine is so i was the older <laughs> one whatever and <laughs> we were like out of the two of fifth, us fourth and fifth grade yeah so yeah. you were we went to the we, same school we were in the same class we were in the same class at this point yeah so since she was always a year behind me you know if if i was <laughs> starting junior high she was still there we weren't going to the same school obviously finally we were. At this no, point. this was it. This was Rio Hondo. Was it? Yes, this yeah. was fourth and fifth grade. Was it? Oh, yeah. Happened. No, you're right. You're right. Right. Sorry. Yes. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of. Uh, yes. Okay. Anyway, yeah. yes, that is correct. <laughs> so we were in the same class, obviously, and we had been asking before to like, can we walk to school? It's only how many blocks away was it? About right, like that's, five that's, blocks. It wasn't very many blocks. That's why away. I remember it was Real Hondo because we were. That was our lodge. Right. Like, it, it's not that far away. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not that far. We will be fine. We'll be okay. So anyway, finally, because my mom used to take me all the time, and finally she was like, "Okay, you guys can walk to school," and we were just thrilled and delighted and just like you know so we're away excited. from our parents and you know it was you know it was one of those moments where we were just like finally like freedom you know we can walk so I remember us walking down I think we went down like Smallwood I believe and then we made a left on one of those streets yeah like I think it was place fourth place it was right. it was fourth because I remember that's the habit I got into that right. was the street I would always turn down exactly you turn down that street and then you make another right and the school is like right there on the left hand side so we have to cross <laughs> that street but I remember <laughs> us walking down and I think we were also again we're those kids who liked all the creepy stuff and I remember us being like oh we heard a story of this disappearing like person who would like yeah. come out from the bushes and then next oh, we look at houses. Are, it's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Or we'd look at how yes, we would look at houses and go, Ooh, that one's creepy. That right. one's that one looks haunted. Exactly. Did you oh. see that cat? It's gone now. Yes. I saw it across the street and it's missing. Where did it go? Like we were doing that the entire time because we we're just like 
you know that's us we're the weird yeah we're the weird creepy kids that were always trying to find something to either scare ourselves or back up the the evidence of paranormal or whatever it was so I remember us walking down the street and then we're just like okay cool yeah sweet we're able to get away and then I remember (laughs) kind of looking at the corner of my eye and I see my mom's car down at the end of the block (laughs) wait it wasn't even at the end of the block it was like in the middle of the block from like the street we were on to the next street and can we just explain what her car looked like this wasn't (laughs) she wasn't being inconspicuous no there's no way in this car you cannot be inconspicuous so this was my dad's car but my mom used to drive it all the time because my dad drove his work truck all the time that was his daily driver to to and from work and whatever but the car that my mom thought she would be able to sneak (laughs) you know around to see if we were okay and not being kidnapped or whatever was a 1981 <laughs> Pontiac red. Firebird red, red two-tone with black stripes. muscle car with a black black stripe at the bottom and this is the car and a you know the whole kit and everything on there it's, it was a an American muscle car no one's she mom thought, drove this no one nobody in the neighborhood drove no. this we <laughs> <laughs> it was it was panel vans and it was um, <laughs> station wagons that's what the that's what the neighborhood parents would drive and here comes my mom in a 1980 formula one pontiac firebird oh, fire God. truck fire engine red just right. like so red so so into, red. so just so stuck out like a sore thumb yeah so there's no there's no way that we would miss this at all you know it, it could have been a regular, you know, sedan driving down the street. We, we wouldn't have known if it was her at, at that point. But seeing that is just kind of like, wait, is that my mom? Like, we had a question and obviously we knew it was her, but I'm like, wait, is that my mom? So we and, were just and like, I was like, no. Even... No, yeah. she's not like, there because no, you couldn't see her. And I, and I was like, well, maybe maybe she's, do you know people that live there? Like, maybe she's visiting. Maybe she's at someone's house. <laughs> and you're like, like 730 <clears> in the morning. You're like, no, that's not. And did we, we didn't, she didn't verify it then. We just kept walking, right? I, I, I don't recall. That's the part I don't remember. If she stayed there, which I don't think she did, because if we would have passed by it, we would have went up to it. Well, so, no, we I passed by it. We were did looking we? at it. Yeah, it was facing us. It was parked on I, like 4th Street. That's the part I don't remember. Yeah, that's the part I don't remember. It was parked on like 4th Street and it was facing us and we were looking, but it was like halfway down the block and we were like, uh, that and you're like that's my mom's car. I'm like, well, how do you know? And we're like, oh, that's a dumb. Co- no one else has this car. Yeah. And then you were like, she's watching us. And I go, yeah, but she's not. Maybe she knows the people that live there, and she went to do something. Because your mom did know everyone, like in the of course. she knew all the parents. Yeah. And because she was still a stay-at-home mom at that point. Right. And she was very into like the PTA and all. She knew everybody and stuff. She did. <laughs> or boys maybe it wasn't the pta it could have been cub scouts or something it was every, that, anything and everything but she was like and so it was just funny and i think later she admitted it it might have been later that day where we were like were you parked there and she <laughs> yeah. was in front of mom she was in my house or so we were our moms were together and she's like yeah 
yes <laughs> yeah it, and yeah she pretty much immediately as soon as we asked her it was like yes that was me but, she was yeah, scared to let us walk yeah <laughs> she was just like what's gonna happen i still have to follow them there and again it was seriously like three and a half four blocks away it was, it was not from very second far. street to seventh street basically yeah it was like yeah it wasn't that far away no but, but i would be but still if my nine-year-old was walking I mean, I mean my daughter's 10 but like if she was eight and nine i'd be like mm, even now she's 10 i'd still be like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> somebody could i don't think so um, right and again we're a product of our environment and that's why we think that way because we know it took place in our own backyard you know we knew all these stories and we knew what happened and that's that's what shaped us so we have to kind of be that way because we know you know if it could happen in 1984 it could happen in 2022 so yeah and then do you remember your sister's drug ring thing happening in her car of course. I, t- I told that story about a week ago. What the hell was that? <laughs> it that... was the weirdest thing. That, that was the most I was involved up. in. My parents were involved in. She was involved. It was the weirdest thing ever. Should we get into that story too? Yeah. Because she was okay. like the most law-abiding citizen. <laughs> she She was one of the ones that she was so straight-laced never did any. Like she was not. When we got older... She was not me. She was not me. We were. Yeah. Two, I was the bad one. She was the. She was so straight laced. Always. Yeah. Uh, like always. the best citizen. The most responsible. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So responsible. Yeah. Not insane. like not just not not me. Yeah. <laughs> Except when we used to steal my mom's car and our grandma's car when she left it and take it out for joy rides because she was learning how to drive. Other than that, oh, she was a hundred percent. Okay. I, we we could tell that offline sometimes, <laughs> but we'll get back into this story. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you it is. I'll tell you how I was involved in this and how I knew that something was happening. So, I have a friend that I used to walk to school with all the time. He'd come over to the house. I'd go over to his house. He lived in Bell Gardens, and we used to just constantly be at the mall. And we'd go, we would go to a warehouse. That was the music store at the time. That was the oh, huge yeah. thing in Stonewood Mall. We would go there all the time, read magazines. Him and I were both into like hip hop. So we'd always go in and read like all the hip hop magazines and look at all the, you know, the tapes. There were mm-hmm. not a ton of CDs that were around back then. There was, but we couldn't afford that. We were just stuck with the tapes, but we would go and look through all the music anyway. So we're doing that. And I think it was one time after school and I don't remember if this was over the summer if it was like summer school that we were coming home from but I know he had a backpack on and me since I was such a horrible student and never carried any books or folders or anything I was just by myself like that so of course so we were coming from we were on Firestone Boulevard walking towards the mall and it was daytime so we're just walking on the left hand side there was this weird kind of like um driveway that would go up in between like Downey High School and whatever that little building is I think it used to be like an optometrist or something right next mm-hmm. to next door to it we saw a police car facing the street which is basically facing us as we're walking by and as many years as I've been there I've never seen that happen before so we're walking by and me and my friend look and we're like ah 
cops following us, ha ha ha. You know, just kind of like, oh, <laughs> we're going to buy us. records, man. They exactly. Don't want us. Right. So we were just like joking around about it, like, oh, look at these cops, blah blah blah, whatever. We go do our thing. We're coming back. We take another street this time. We take uh, the, the back side of Third Street, like um, east of paramount boulevard yeah i so, know what you're talking about we used to go down yeah. that way all the time too. yeah then it was like then they built that movie theater on that side we're like walking by that area just to kind of cut through because i think we left out the back way of stone mall and then just came out that way so we're walking we see another police car and we're just and it passed us we're just like oh that's kind of weird like we don't really see cops out here that much it's a little strange but again, didn't think too, too much of it, but we did notice and we both kind of looked at each other like, mm, it's kind of weird. So whatever, keep on walking. Next thing you know, we see it again. And I'm like, is that the same police car that just passed by us? Like it circled around the block. And he was like, I think so. And it was facing us. Um, like it was going north and we're walking west. So it's on our left-hand side and he's just right there on that corner. Next thing you know, they turn and he parks, but he parks probably 15 feet past where we were walking already ahead of you uh, yeah well behind us at this point oh, okay. we're, we're mm-hmm. walking still towards like the third street the reeves mansion or third street mansion Got it. we're we're walking that way and then they're behind us next thing you know we hear him say hey where are you guys headed we're like what this oh, is shit. so weird this is very strange <laughs> no cops have ever come up to us now mind you this is coming from my friend. He's he's black and Peruvian, and me, oh, I just look I like a white kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just okay. look like a normal white kid. You know right. what I mean? Whatever. So he's like, oh yeah, you know, the black guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those things. That's what he was thinking. Like, but he didn't say anything to the cops. He just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, muttered that to me a little bit. Like, oh yeah, they're gonna question the black guy now. So <laughs> we're walking. They come up to us and we stop. And he was like. Oh, where are you kids headed? And I was like, oh, we're going to my house. Oh, well, where are you coming from? And he just came from Stonewood Mall. We're going over here. Like, oh, you're coming from the mall. Why do you have the backpack? What's in the backpack? Oh, my. And now we knowing like, the story. Because oh, right. I've never heard this part of your this part of the story before. So right. knowing what happened, I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So they're looking at his backpack. <gasps> just like any any normal kid in high school or any anything, you right all over it he was with somebody at that point he had her name written over like i love so and so and this and that and you know what looks like kind of graffiti or whatever but it's not we're just writing stuff on backpacks so he's like oh what's this mean like oh who's this who's that and he was like what like why are we being questioned i don't understand what's happening so we're asking the officers like what what are you stopping us for we're just walking home like nothing's happening and then they come out with the craziest, most original thing ever. Well, you guys fit the description of so-and-so oh. and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, no, we don't. Like, And you're minors at this time, right? Yeah, we're minors. Absolutely. I'm 16, 15, 16 years old at this point. So is my friend. And we're like, I really don't think there's a Peruvian black guy with curly hair and flip-up sunglasses. Uh-huh. I know exactly who you mean, <laughs> and, too. I know yeah. exactly who this is. And, and a white guy. I really don't think there's anybody out there the like that. Of Jack shit. Of like, these, well, fit yeah. the description of what? Of <laughs> what, exactly. Ooh. They're like, oh, we just need these, uh, we need to ask questions to these two people and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, 
okay now. So mm-hmm. he asked, like, oh, can I check your backpack? And he was like, no, mm, nope, I can't check my backpack. He did? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was like, no, like, no, you can't check it. He's like, I've got nothing in here, but no. He'd be like, what? Like, why do you need to check my backpack for anything? You're stopping us on the street. We're high school kids. Like, right. Wow. So we kind of backed That's off it. at that point. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm like, but, I mean, he. <laughs> yeah that's okay yeah the, the mature the maturity level at that point like we already knew and he's familiar with it because where he lives and right you know he see, yeah. so he sees that stuff and he's been questioned before about things and stupid stuff that happens when you're you know in certain areas so they kind of let us go and you know whatever okay whatever blah 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 you guys have a good day like that's super weird so we go we go home I don't remember if he like left from my house or if he just kept walking or whatever the deal was but I remember going home and what do I see when I go home okay. officers at my house inside my house not just outside inside I was like this okay this is not a coincidence <laughs> something is happening here something bigger is taking place and I'm just completely unaware of it, but somehow I'm involved. So I don't know what's going on. I walk in, my, my mom and my dad are there. My, my sister's still at work, I believe. And they were checking some stuff like in my parents' room. Cause my dad was like, go ahead. Yeah. Whatever you need. Go ahead, oh, go. Check see, this. I check that. I don't remember this, any of this part. All yeah, I know is the well, part. Right. Well, this is the part when my dad apparently let them go and do a thing. My my mom barely told me this recently, like weeks ago, recently. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, your, your dad let him in. Your dad let him this and that, blah, 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 whatever. Well, it probably wasn't weeks ago. This is because I remember my brother-in-law was there too. And he was like, they're a bunch of jackasses. That whole <laughs> county is just stupid. So it was a little more than weeks ago, I think. But we we retold the story again. And with his profession, he would know. Right. We're not going to talk exactly. about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, what what is happening here? So they apparently were checking all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, I, I just take a seat on the couch. And I'm like, what is happening? What's going on? What's the story? Fill me in. Like, I'm the kid here, I know. <laughs> but what the hell? <laughs> what is going on? And it's on? bonkers. It's a yes. bananas. It's bananas. It is. So I'm like, what is happening here? And then next thing you know, the cop just continues to explain to us, something took place that your sister's car was involved in while she's at work at the mall. And we need to follow up on that because we're not sure if you guys are involved or if something else took place here. And then later on, it came out when they were telling us this whole thing, um, because they questioned my sister as well when she was at work. Well, they stopped and, her. They stopped right. her. She was driving. I think she said she was on Reeves. I could have this mixed up, but they stopped her. And all these, they stopped her. I think an uh, ununiformed officers got out too. And it uh, was okay. scary. Like they had her right, sitting on the side. Like it was terrible. She's a tiny little, <laughs> you know, like she's in the most law abiding citizen ever. I, right. Again, I can't stress this enough. <laughs> she's not your normal like the rest of us i mean yeah. the most responsible law-abiding person so for this to happen to her yeah it just seemed yeah it seemed weird obviously i mean obviously they don't know that the cops don't know that nobody I knows know. this but but you know we're it's thinking like so if anybody like why would they think it would be her you know one of those things but it turns out apparently and again i might have got some of the things mixed up but i i went over with my mom and with my sister as well and they both kind of confirm that's 
the whole thing. Apparently, somebody was using my sister's trunk of her car to do drug deals in while she was at work. And obviously, the first thing they're going to think of is it's her because she owns the car. And then let's follow everybody who's around her. <laughs> you know, so they were staking me out. They were staking out the house. They were doing mm-hmm. all this crazy stuff. It turns out that my sister at one point had lost the key to her car. And they think that whoever this person was found it, went around, you know, and tried to open all the cars. Because, again, this is the, you know, early 90s, probably, getting mm-hmm. into mid-90s. No, Not a lot of people had um, security alarms on their car at that point. No, and it was like an old Ford Taurus. Yeah, it was an old white Ford Taurus. Because it was the Taurus, right? It wasn't her... Yeah, no, it wasn't, her... it wasn't a Geo Metro no. or Storm yeah. or whatever that was, Geo Storm. It was the white Taurus, yeah. So, yeah, so apparently she had lost the key and somebody went around and just went to all the trunks, I guess, and figured like, oh, this is it. Perfect. So I guess they watched her for a little while and just saw what time she would get there, what time she would leave. And that's when they would do these drug deals. I guess they would leave the drugs in the car and the person would take them, leave the money in there and just this and that. And that is that whole. <laughs> it was just bizarre. And that it just happened to be my sister that this happened to. And talk about creepy. Like, you you don't know. And they're watching her. And she's a young wo- yeah. a young woman. Probably, right. what, 19? Working she, at uh, Jean Nicole. Like, 18, yeah. Working at Jean Nicole. You know, just a, a <laughs> college kid trying to, you know, a young girl. Yeah. And they're watching her. And they're watching when she gets there. And, when she, and they have her schedule memorized. Obviously, if they're scheduling these things. Yeah, of course. And the Stonewood, I guess it was a huge drug ring, she, they told her. And it was, yeah, Stonewood Mall. It was so crazy. And I never heard anything like that, period, just in general, like of, of people doing that, like out of a trunk of somebody's, like a Some random car kid somewhere. At the mall. Yeah. Like they didn't have any other drop spots to do this at, like in the middle of nowhere. They're just like, let's go to Stonewood Mall and find an old Ford Taurus. <laughs> well, because if you think about so it, it's kind of brilliant, probably. It is, because who's going to pay attention who's to gonna that? Who's going to do that? In, yeah, exactly. Like, you're hiding in plain sight, basically. So I get it. I get that side of it. But I also get that, you know, eventually you're going to get caught with something like that. So yeah, it's, it was just the, the weirdest thing. And just to have it all tie in together once I got home. And I was like, oh, first of all, as soon as I saw that first cop car, my instincts kicked in and I knew something was up. Me and my friend yeah. knew it instantly that something was going on. And we were just like, boom, I was right. So what was the first thing I did after this? Got on the phone and called him up and told him what happened. <laughs> they they <laughs> did. They thought you had drugs in your backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They thought it was Whoa. you probably. <clears throat> and that was it. So it's crazy times, man. That was, yeah, that I remember. That was in the 90s. I mean, that was yeah. crazy. Yep. So another thing, there was a drug ring at Stonewood Mall, and they targeted an innocent, <laughs> the most innocent, eighteen-year-old girl. Like when it came to being, like, yeah, just doing what you're yeah. supposed to do. She yeah. just, oh my gosh, uh, the poor thing. <laughs> I know it's it was crazy. I mean, we've had other things happen in the house too, like break in and yeah, you know, yeah. they broke into my my truck multiple times and stole my stereo and things like that. But it was never anything to the point of. Oh yeah, everyone had Thanks. a club on their steering wheel. You yeah. listen <laughs> with this the whole not locking things. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, should we do? Should we palate cleanse? Should we come up let's, with a palate? 
let's come up with a palate cleanse for sure. All right, so you go first. I'm gonna go first this time because I remember what I <laughs> I remember mine. What you were gonna say? Okay, go ahead. So everyone knows from Downey, the Carpenters, yes, lived in Downey. So we used to go to their house uh, for Christmas back in the 70s, early 80s. The parents used to decorate really elaborate. The mm-hmm. Carpenters, you just knew it was the Carpenters, like yeah. That's they live here. They were our famous people. Uh, they they stayed our famous people. Like I still have such. A, I love their music to this day. Oh my god, me too. 100%. Love it. It is the most relaxing, soothing thing for me to hear. Karen Carpenter was so talented. Her voice was like butter. And, and oh, it really was. Nobody had a voice like that. Her the range that she had. She was so anyway. We loved it. We loved our carpenters, right? That was like our claim to fame. I ran over her foot with my stroller in Alpha Beta when I was like three years old. (laughs) (laughs) So when we lived over, um, we used to live over on Coit Street um, before we moved to Second Street and we stopped at Alpha Beta and I guess I was pushing my stroller for whatever reason. I I I don't think my mom had to buy a whole lot of stuff. So she grabbed my stroller and I was pushing it and in line. And I, I ran over this woman's foot in the line with my stroller. And my mom went, oh, I'm so sorry. And she turned and looked and said, oh, that's okay. And she wrote, she wrote a check to the person. And then my mom, <laughs> we got up and my mom goes, was that Carpenter? And the girl goes, hold on. I'll look, she wrote a check. And she looked and she said, that was Karen Carpenter. And um, so I ran over her foot with my stroller when I was an annoying toddler. An annoying toddler rolling over yep. rock legends' feet mm-hmm. in the store. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick on that subject of the carpenters. Okay. Because it, it sparked a memory that I I also talk about as well, and with my mom as well. Oh, and... okay. I didn't know if I, we should ever talk about this because I don't want to tell him. Well, I don't know if you're going to talk about, say what I... I don't think so. No, okay. no. Okay. I have something completely... I don't even know if I've told you this before. Okay, okay. okay. And it's not a huge deal, but again, it's, just, it's about the carpenters. So I want to kind of continue on with that whole thing. Yes, I'd love it. <laughs> so me and my mom were walking down Downey Avenue, right? Downey? Yeah, okay. Downey Avenue. Right now the way that it stands today it's like they're downtown there's like a bunch of restaurants and shops and it's like it turned into like hipster central over there but i I heard it's pretty nice but it seems very congested it's very congested it's not bad it's not i mean there's some good restaurants and stuff there it's cool but you know it's like we're trying to make something out of one little block that (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah like a promenade right yeah exactly just very small like you can walk through it and walk back and like four minutes but we're walking down the street because there was a um a barber shop that was there that my mom was taking me to i was going to get a haircut i don't remember if this is us coming out or us going in to get my haircut but either way i was probably i don't 10 11 maybe somewhere around there maybe even a little bit older but i remember walking on the sidewalk and parked on the right side of us where the street was was a red ferrari and of course i'm a i'm a young kid 
Yeah, you're like, like, ooh, look at that. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's that car. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that's a Ferrari. I know. And that's a Testarossa. Like, I know exactly what that is. And I was looking at it just like in awe of it. And then this older gentleman comes out and he's there and he kind of talks to me and my mom. And I remember specifically he had a hat on that said Carpenters. And my mom was kind of like, oh, Carpenters. Oh, yeah, they're from here. And he was like, I'm the father of Karen and and Richard Carpenter. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we were just like, what? Like, oh my god like even I knew who they were of course being you know young we all knew that because again it's our claim to fame in Downey so I was like oh wow you know that's crazy we shook hands and did that whole thing and then he just continued on just kind of with his day but it was cool like I what we weren't expecting that she had no idea that that was his yeah, um, or the the father so that was really <clears throat> cool that sticks with me too because I remember vividly that hat and just looking at it and seeing it say the carpenters on there we were just like oh wow it kind of makes sense he's driving a Ferrari and <laughs> you know <laughs> he's got this hat on he's an older gentleman so yeah that was that was my memory of of someone tied to the carpenters at that point I love that I didn't know yeah. that I didn't know that story and um you know, after sadly after she died, they stopped decorating their house so much for Christmas, and it mm-hmm. it was just really sad. But I remember, I so one time I was driving, and it was random. It was the last time I lived in Downey. It was around two thousand three. Um, it was two thousand three because I had I remember what I was driving and when I got it. So mm-hmm. I was driving home from work, and I was listening to the Carpenters. No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I was listening to the radio, but it was like the oldie, kind of the older station. Mm. And it was, it was Christmas time. Oh. So I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to do right now. I'm going to drive. And I went and I looked for the carpenter's house. And I was like, yeah, where was it? It was somewhere. Cause I knew exactly what it looked like. And I, so I'm driving around that neighborhood um, and I, and I remember it, this was the weirdest thing. So I, I pulled and I find their street and I see it and I'm like, there's the house and the other houses were decorated, but there's uh, that one, obviously, I don't even think they live there anymore. I just wanted uh, to find the house and I turned the corner right when I turned onto the street, they started playing a Carpenter's Christmas song on the radio. <laughs> Oh man! And I was like, "Oh, that's really weird. That's <laughs> really weird. It is very weird." Um, so yeah, that's that's a funny story. Yeah, the Carpenters—they are sweet palate cleanser. I really enjoyed that. Absolutely, whole. I still love them so much. Yeah, I do as well. Even just like over the years, on every single mobile phone, every single like cell phone that I have, I have to have their albums on it. Like going back all the way, I remember staying up in the mid to late 90s when we had dial-up internet i would stay up all night and, d- and, and download, download off napster carpenter's songs yeah. off napster off of any yes whichever ones came up at that point but it was napster back then i would stay up all night and try to download full albums that i could find of theirs and just put these like mix cds together of their songs and like pick my favorite one so i've been doing that since then in the 90s and here we are again in 2022 and I'm still like this has to be on my playlist that has to be a Carpenter song or let me put all, all these together so every single I, cell phone that I've ever had has Carpenter songs on it I still have my Christmas ringtone is like so around Christmas I always turn it into um the 
um why am I drawing why can't I talk because we're recording or what but I can't I know the song it's the Christmas song um um, help (laughs) well I mean she's done she's done different different no no it's the one though that's unique to them it's um help me <laughs> christmas portrait that's the name of the album no no it's their song it's the i know this song like the back of my hand and all of a sudden i can't sing it or or name it i have something wrong with me merry christmas not... darling thank you oh, merry i christmas just thought darling. of it oh okay. that's my favorite one of my favorite christmas songs actually i've told my daughter multiple times that's my favorite christmas song so but i always have that on my phone at christmas time for my ringtone I love it. Yeah. Great so song. much. Great artist. For sure. All right. Well, I guess this is where we uh, will end. Yeah. This is, this <laughs> and is so the wrap up. We'll see you next time. And thank you for listening. Absolutely. Until next time. All right. Oh, oh, and if anybody has any stories about Downey or any other hometown, please email at mycreepyhometown at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, my creepy hometown podcast. Absolutely. Any stories that you guys want to share or anything that you want to kind of recollect on, let us know and we'd, we'd be delighted to hear it for sure. Thank you, everybody. Have a Thank good you. one. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>